You're not there to look pretty. You're there to perform and win games. Hey everyone, welcome to our podcast, The Bold Tackle. We are your hosts, Sophie Howard and Oliver Howard, and we are ready to tackle bold topics in sport, highlight the women's football industry, and speak about the unspoken. If you are ready to get an insight into what really goes on behind the scenes, join us on our journey and listen in to The Bold Tackle. Hi and welcome back to a new episode of our podcast, The Bold Tackle. Hi Sof, lovely to finally have you here in Germany in our podcast studio. I know it's a very special episode because it's the first one we're actually recording in the same room. Hasn't happened yet, but there's always a first. Is it a different feeling to you? I mean, finally I'm seeing you face to face, (laughs) which is quite nice. Usually I just see you on your screen. Um, I mean, the setup you have here is slightly better than I've got at home. (laughs) Usually I just sit at the dining room table. But actually, guys, I'm in a recording studio. I feel very special today. Um, But yeah, I I think this is obviously what we want to do, do, but because we don't live in the same country, we had to do it the way we have done it so far. Maybe I'll manage every now and again when we have a guest for you to come over or for me to come over to the UK. But I always think it's a more intimate setting than doing it via a screen. So let's see how the conversation goes today. I mean, I'd love to fly back every other other week or something. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen. But um, we definitely have some episodes planned for, for Christmas, I guess, when I'm back again. Um, but let's, let's take this one first, because this one's a special one. We're finally in the same room and we uh, get now a new episode. Yeah, I agree. And something that I noticed as soon as I saw you was you look way fitter than you did last year. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad <laughs> thing now, guys. <laughs> well, I feel really, I guess, fit or strong. And um, it's been something I've focused on throughout the whole summer. I think you noticed when I stayed with you, I was always out training. Um, not that I hadn't done that previously, but I think I understood now how I had to train to be the strongest and fittest I've been so far, I guess. And you started to go to the gym way more often than I noticed in the past. In the past, it was a lot of running and focusing on stability, but there was no real gym work, which you did the last time you were over in, over Christmas. Yeah, I'd agree. I think I focused solely on running and, and focus on coming fit in an endurance aspect. Um, but we've now were given a focus of, yes, endurance, but also strength because... In off-season or in pre-season, that's where you can really hit hard in a sense of strength training, getting strong, getting powerful, because you don't have the games that you have in season. Um, and I think it's partially due to the programme or plan I was given by our, our S&C coaches, but I think it's also my understanding of what I needed to be my best. Has a preparation of the sport changed dramatically then because if you're focusing on so many different levels is this all a goal to reach the highest performance and way more knowledge than there was in the past in women's football especially I think we're finally getting the people in with that level of knowledge and that is because the game's growing I think previously you had people in positions that kind of knew what they were doing in the sense of they had so many different I guess roles within the one role um which is completely different now. We pretty much have an expert in every single area of performance. Um, we often talk about um, making small gains and, and a lot of 1% changes, and these 1% changes will then lead to a big change. And from our squad, we can see that. Um, and for myself, I can feel how I'm, I guess, making a lot of 1% changes 
um, that potentially you don't see immediately, you don't feel immediately, but in the long run, you will definitely feel them and I definitely feel them. Yeah, I noticed that in one of the previous episodes we had when we talked about nutrition and so on, um, how focused that topic has become and that it's all these small details that make a big change. What was the smallest change with the biggest impact so far? In terms of performance for me, the carb loading. Uh, I'd always focused. Nutrition then? Yeah, I think... Um, obviously, I think the improvement of all areas is down to an increased knowledge or people that have that increased knowledge and now can deliver it in a way that I understand it and I can apply it, I guess. But nutrition, yes. For me, I thought we were focusing on nutrition with your question. So that's why I said carb loading. Um, for me, it's also the importance of strength training. That, as you said, not that I neglected it, but I think it was neglected in in off-season plans and therefore I didn't put a lot of importance on that. And what has it changed in your game? Because normally you were a very stiff player and now if you're like maybe bulking up a little bit and becoming stronger, how is that going to affect your game or how has it affected your game so far? See, I think I think you said bulking, but I'm actually getting leaner and leaner and that is like I'm lifting heavier, but I'm actually, I might get, be gaining like half a kilogram, but I'm losing loads of, I guess, body fat if that makes sense mm -hmm. um i've always been quite muscly so i've always been quite strong in that sense but now i can just see how much stronger i actually am and that's showing in my performance in which way usually i got through with like just put my body in but now i'm powerful off the mark the first 10 meters and that is mainly strength yes there's some technique and acceleration but i'm very quick off the first or in the first five, ten meters. And we all know speed is not my big strength. And it never has been. So my game's always been adapted to uh, anticipation and, and reading the game quickly and, and early. Um, but something I can really influence is that being quick off the mark. Has that whole control of body composition changed over the last couple of years? Then? Because it seems like you don't just walk into the changing room and they say, oh, you're too fat, you need to lose some weight, <laughs> or you're too slow, you need to get quicker, let's go running. Is it a thing of, let's look at the whole body, how can we get the best out of it, and how do we have to have the ratio between different parts of the body? I think the biggest thing is bringing these experts in. And therefore having the under understanding that it's like, again, a holistic approach in a sense of there's no one value in terms of body composition. Every athlete functions best or performs best at a different way and a different body fat percentage. And that is absolutely crucial when you talk about high performance, reaching your full potential. Um, previously, what I've experienced at different clubs is you have an area you want everyone to be in and there's a golden standard but we don't look at the different athletes um obviously it's what is the golden standard who who does it come from no, what is it there's a certain like body fat percentage okay. um fortunately i haven't been dealing with a golden standard for many years now which is great <laughs> because we've advanced in the women's game um so much and so quickly actually we also have gone away from first of all calling it skin fold measurement you call it body composition I guess analysis because it's not all down to just skin folds it's down to like your ratio of like your body weight and then obviously in relation to your skin folds um but body competition just leads to performance skin folds is like an 
uh, what you look like, what you like, kind of like an aesthetic thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we want to come away from. We want to look at it for how can it influence performance, not what makes you look good. Because I think that's the issue as well with the visibility of the game growing. There's people out there that have an idea of what an athlete should look like or what a football player should look like. And that is absolutely wrong. We should be thinking about how can we support them best to perform in terms of body composition. Do you think people outside look at athletes and think she looks wrong or she looks and she doesn't look right as a football player or whatever? Um, Because... I've never really heard anything about that on the men's side. I think there's been a lot of people, yeah, that that drop that. I think what we have to understand is a male and female body will always be different because we have the wonderful uh, capability of bearing a child that men don't. Um, So our bodies are very different and we have to realise and people watching have to realise and often it's a lack of education. Sometimes I'd always almost call it ignorance. What we need to look at is how someone performs on the pitch. If someone's readily available or if someone's always available and and at a low risk of injury, that's a good thing. It doesn't matter if they're a pound heavier than someone that potentially looks very skinny and they could run forever, potentially won't be powerful. And often, which is due to like a, a high calorie deficit over a long period of time, now they're injury prone. There's this big hype in social media at the moment and betraying yourself to the world. Has there been a problem on some of the players' side that the body composition, would be, which would be perfect for them, is not the physical appearance they would like to have? Yes, I think a lot of players and a lot of athletes struggle with that. There's this ideal and where it came from, I don't know, and it's very, very dangerous. Because what we need to understand is we eat, we feel to perform, we don't diet and often people mistake that they're always like oh do you have a special diet they obviously are talking about the food we consume but we're fueling to perform and I think we addressed it in the other kind of nutrition episode or when we were talking about life off the pitch and when you are looking at these ideals on social media which also where where, what does perfect mean and where does that come from I think that's again a lack of education I guess from from home but also from like school uh, also different organizations we need a fuel and I can't look at I want to be skinny because I won't be strong and especially I think younger players because the, the game has grown so quickly and um, there's been such a focus on making these all these small changes to increase performance there's an ideal with obviously the the increase in social media there's an ideal of I want to look good instead of I want to perform on the pitch, which is dangerous. And a lot of girls still have that? Yeah, I'd say so. Doesn't that speak for a slower development within the game? Because don't you think everyone should be pulling at the same on the same string to get this high performance? And the way you look in type of body composition shouldn't matter if you want to reach the highest goal of the highest performance you can achieve? Yeah, I think if you compare... The last five years to now that has decreased in terms of the players that probably prefer looking good to being the best on the pitch has it been the last five years that body composition has changed so much already yeah i think yeah um i think something that needs to be addressed is the so-called fat club there's i know many many stories and i've been at clubs where you do and i call them now skinfold measurements because at that point they weren't called body composition analysis or whatever and then you're at a certain value, so suddenly you're in fat club. So now they are um, doing some sort of endurance 
conditioning and stuff before they even go out on the pitch. So first of all, how are you going to perform on the pitch? You're not there to be skinny or fat. And we need to get away from that. If you are muscly, you're not fat, you know? You can weigh a lot less than other players and look skinny, but actually have less muscle mass and therefore less power, less strength, um, and you're not going to perform as well. So don't tell me those athletes look more athletically because they maybe look like it, look skinnier, but you're not doing your job Mm. in that sense. Um, But going back to the question, yes, we've in like the last couple of years we've had these fat clubs and first of all why would you call them fat club like no athlete i think so it's this morning club where certain players are in um that don't hit your golden standard um skin fold ratio or numbers and suddenly you're doing exercises in the morning on the bike or something stupid and that's naive yeah manage management skills isn't it because that doesn't add any value to you as a player and that's where you had I think people in these positions that had didn't have the expertise and maybe ah, for me it's like the wrong understanding of how, of how it should be used. It should be used similar to a strength test we do or a sprint test or an endurance test and then you should look how you can either, how you can improve performance even more. That's the only way it should be looked at. I think when you're injured that's different because you want to kind of keep track of what's going on in your body if you're now training differently. But when you're out there fit, as long as you stay injury free, it should just be a guidance of how you can perform even better or improve even more. What are the points you focus on in this new challenge of getting the perfect body composition? What's like the main points? So for me, there's no one perfect body composition, but for me... The perfect body composition for you as a player. So I'm not talking about generalizing it for everyone, but every person. So for for me as Sophie Howard, I'm performing really well at the body weight I am at and the body composition I have. So now it's about maintaining that and using that to my advantage in terms of developing more power from the strength I've already got. And, And what was the main points you focused on to get to where you are now? We focused on a gym program that would increase my strength. So I lifted really, really heavy. You probably saw that over summer. We went and trained together and you were like, so how I'm, how are you even lifting that? And I was like, because I've been doing it now for, mm. for ages and I focused on it and it was really something I wanted to work on over summer. And then, and then it's about just maintaining that nutritional focus that we discussed in one of the episodes. I believe in the balance throughout life, but 80, 85, 90% even of my life, I make sure I can perform. And that is the protein to get strength and that is including like the protein the the carbs the macronutrients also the micronutrients to obviously stay healthy and stay on the pitch but that's just making sure i include everything in my diet that i need is there a special type of body composition which is which can be also best for a footballer because if we look at different sports be it um, golf or rugby or football or tennis there must be different types of body composition which are best for each sport is there something you need to especially focus on in football yeah i think um if you look at say like a a tennis players we don't really need strong arms do we um yes to maybe shield the ball to keep um opposition off to overall be string strong but if you look at a tennis player they all need strong arms so now it's not about like the the diet the nutrition now it's about like the gym program but you have different positions and i'm definitely not a rugby expert but you have certain positions in rugby where the frontline players and the backline players have to look very different because the attributes you need to perform in your positions are very different. So, But even in, in football, I think, so you've got a winger that has to be 
say, rapid or a, a wing back that has to run up and down the pitch has to be different to, say, a centre back that has to be strong and the first five metres off the mark, like you have to be rapid, you know, you have to be able to be strong in your 1v1. So it's just, I guess, yeah, it's the same in football and rugby. I think it's a more extreme in rugby, I'd say, that you have a different body composition depending on the demands of the game. So this is a very difficult topic also to bring it out to young kids as well because we're talking about body image in a way um, of your body composition. Is there anything you would recommend to to young football players? Should they even look at their body composition or should they only have fun at the beginning or what would you recommend here? I guess it depends the age they're playing at. If it's like a 10-year-old child, I I don't think they should... Stop caring and play football. Yeah, they just shouldn't think about body composition. But when you're kind of moving closer towards a professional game um, the main thing is to look at it at something that can help your performance or not something that you're scrutinized by your on and it doesn't define you and it's something that you can work on and, and that can help you massively on the pitch if you get the right support the right education um, because I think at the lower levels and the younger ages that is still missing the biggest thing for me is as I said look at it as something that can support you on the pitch don't follow um ideology on instagram it doesn't first of all it's not real it's not real life and also you're not there to look pretty you're there to perform and win games yeah but don't you think the focus on the social media side is something that gives you self-esteem even if it's only fake yeah the fake self-esteem the fake validation that people unfortunately look for i'd ban social media because it's been used in the wrong way if it's used in a promotional way in a way of connecting i'm all about it but unfortunately it's completely gone away from that but but that's what it does it, if you're using all it, it does right is, way. all it does is promoting even if it's fake they're promoting something yeah their bodies that they've put through a couple of filters and probably adjusted and photoshopped yeah. that's not real anymore yeah, but that's what advertisements do most yeah. of the time as well, don't they? Yeah, and that's what we need to get away from. Yeah, yeah if you want to like, cover up a little spot, I'm all about it. <laughs> but not <laughs> if you make your waist slimmer and um, change the female body for what it is. Um, but it comes down to the lack of education or the wrong education. Um, and body composition is a very difficult topic because with insufficient education and support, I've seen players, unfortunately, going from being strong players to develop an, an eating disorder and it's happened too many times but that is because after body composition analysis the results have been discussed the wrong way so he said you're too fat instead of do you know what if we can help you with nutrition and a certain program gym program we can get your skin folds down a little bit and you can use that to perform better on the pitch completely different it's gone from appearance to performance yeah Exactly. But the issue in the past, and it probably is somewhere out there still like that, that, but for me in the past, the issue was you had, say, a manager say to you, fat. (laughs) First of all, what does this manager know about uh, nutrition or body composition for performance? That's something you have a degree for. But now we've got a nutritionist that is an expert in his area and that can help you get to the goals you need. I agree on the shaming part. I think sometimes we are too weak. And if someone says you're fat and you start having an eating disorder, that's another type of problem as well, which should be be looked at because 
that shouldn't really bother you too much. But have you had to go through any of this shaming part? Has it been a difficult path for you as well? I think for me, the biggest thing that's changed is in the past, we um, had to weigh ourselves. And I'm quite a heavy player. But now if you take skin folds, I go completely away from, oh, she's like heavy to she's strong because she's very lean, mm. you know? And that's the biggest, the introduction of body composition analysis instead of just weighing yourself for me in that sense has been a game changer because I went from being a heavy athlete to being a strong athlete but did you get shamed in that time when you were very heavy but not necessarily strong I think remarks were made and it's like oh you're heavy I kind of know that like I'm lean I see myself I can look at myself in the mirror if I fancy <laughs> but the coaches see and this is, was an issue because there was no nutritionist and there actually was no sports scientist. So now the coaches, which is also a big issue, are weighing you pre and pro post Christmas. I mean, that's also quite wrong, I think. And then you've gained or you've lost and, and then there's a comment made, but you have no clue because also female body, depending on the, the time of the month you weigh yourself, you can be completely different in terms of you can have half a kilogram more or less. And that's not down to what you've eaten or how much or little you've exercised. But again, there's a lack of knowledge and understanding. So what would be your message to the listeners out there on body composition? I think it's the first thing is using body composition for performance, how it can aid you on the pitch. The second thing was we are fueling for performance. We are not eating to diet. We are not dieting to hit a weight loss goal. Um, and the third thing, which is absolutely crucial, is be proud to be strong, a strong athlete. Don't follow any social media ideologies that are wrong anyways. And what, is, what does perfect mean? Be proud of being an athlete. Because a lot of people, I think, would love to be a strong athlete. Lovely last words, Soph. So thank you very much for visiting me here in Cologne. And I'm looking forward to speaking to you again next week. Thanks for having me in your beautiful studio, Ollie. Um, I'll see you again at Christmas and I'll definitely see you again on the screen next week. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye-bye.